0: The ABC's Word Wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rolly Sussex.
1: It's that time of the day. The ABC's Word Wizard, Rolly Sussex, OAM, Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland, is here willing and able to talk with you about words, language, and linguistics. Rolly. I am surprised. Cardigan? Yes. Is one of these words? It is. Kodak? Yes. Silhouette?
0: That one is not usually known, but also also many others like, you know, Wellingtons and Raglan sleeves and things.
1: These are words that describe things mm, named after people, Mm -hmm. uh, but the things themselves aren't named after a person precisely, but the person's name lent... I mean, I'm kind of confused now. I'm tying myself in knots. What is it that we are talking about, Rolly?
0: Sometimes they are named after people. A lot of medical things we'll come to a bit later have got names of people. You know, I discovered it, so I'm going to stick my name on it. Right. Um, Fahrenheit, for example. Fahrenheit, (laughs) Okay. yes. Although whether Fahrenheit actually stuck his name or other people stuck (laughs) it for him is another matter. Um, And there are quite a lot of others like Adam's apple, for example... Which is originally the name for a pomegranate,
1: really? omum
0: Adami in Latin, yes huh. and then someone how you get from a pomegranate, which is kind of round and red to the lump on the front of your throat, which is a larynx, you know which is the, the most prominent bit of your throat, and men have more prominent Adam's apples than women do, uh, it is now an Adam's apple. And, and this is one of the things it was. it did go back to the biblical Adam, but rather indirectly. And these things, there are lots and lots of them, named sometimes after, like, say, Aphrodisiac, named after Aphrodite, the goddess of love, Mm -hmm. Um, and mesmerism. Mesmer was a, a hypnotist. And they did a lot of careful science and found out that he wasn't actually a fraud. Hmm. Uh, but there are hundreds of these things in, the, li- in mm-hmm. the language, some of them quite old, some of them relatively new, and like a Caesar salad named after a chef called Caesar Cardini. It would be rather nice to have a, sa- a salad named after you, or, mm-hmm. or something like Feeney's Conjecture.
1: Oh, that if sounds were,
0: contagious. Well, I thought it was a bit of philosophy that we haven't discovered yet. Ah,
1: okay, that sounds better than But when
0: we do, we'll give your name to
1: it. Thank you very much. Of course, the word to describe these words, Rolly, is...
0: Eponym.
1: Eponym.
0: E-P-O-N-Y-M. Uh, and it's there are a lot of nims, by the way. We, we, I'll tell you what, we might do a program on nims one day, just just to, just just for fun. Lock it in, Eddie. Yeah, lock it in. But epo, an eponym is from Greek. It, it means a name which is upon something else. And... Uh, there's also a word eponymous, something which is named after something, somebody uh, else. Yeah. So the eponymous Kodak. Now, there was a time when Kodak virtually dominated the camera market for personal cameras. And you even said, I will bring my Kodak, and that meant not just one made by Kodak, but possibly made by someone else. Right? And then Kodak fell upon bad times and they're not quite what they used to be. But also Xerox, for that matter, You might be using a Toshiba or something else machine, but I'm going to make a Xerox copy.
1: Like if I was going to clean up the dirt on the floor using a device that sucked. Yes. uh, It would be to Hoover the mess up, even if I was using a vacuum by another brand name. It
0: would. And Hoover was, in fact, not the person who invented it. That was someone called, I think, Schmidt. Hmm. Uh, And Hoover was the businessman who grabbed the idea and stuck his name on it and marketed it very, very well. Some of the earlier ones, by the way, were Electrolux in Sweden. So, you know, the, when a word starts off as a trade name, say, and then loses its association with that one particular manufacturer and is used, to, used about the general process of doing it, like hoovering, then you know you've got to really eponym because it's escaped.
1: So tell me, Rolly, mm. if I was to read Hoover in a sentence in a book, I would see it capitalised probably, wouldn't I? Would I? Well,
0: if it was the, the one made by that company... Okay. Or the original, yes, all right, but if it's a verb, I'm going to hoover up the crumbs that the baby's left on the floor. That is now an ordinary lowercase H. H that's it,
1: because this is, I suppose, why I got confused when I saw Cardigan on your list. I've that's never right. seen Cardigan capitalised, but Cardigan is someone's name.
0: It is nice, there's Earl of Cardigan, and uh, his soldiers actually wore Cardies into battle, huh. which sounds a little bit sort of you know like Grandma or something. But, you know, a Cardi... Well, the Cardi is the Australian version of it. Definitely Cardigan. Wellington boots, yes. named after the Duke of Wellington. Mm-hmm. Raglan sleeves. And I've got a really obscure one, a Bren gun.
1: A Bren gun? A
0: Bren gun, What's yes. that? Well, it's named after two places. Um, and one of them is Brno, B-R-N-O, in the Czech Republic. And the other one is Enfield in England. And it turned out that it was invented by the Czechs in Brno, or Brun in German, Um, and then the English started manufacturing it. And so they took the BR from the Czech Republic and the EN from England, put them together and made a Bren gun, so that it's a kind of mixed (laughs) eponym, but uh, an an obscure one at that.
1: Rolly, I just, before we take your calls, wanted to ask you about the origins of silhouette then. Mm. Because we are talking eponyms, and I I guess I, I mean, I don't speak French, I had just assumed that silhouette was the French word to describe an outline, Uh, but it's a word from someone's name.
0: Well, it is a French word to describe an outline, and that's where we got it from, but silhouette himself was a French minister of finance several hundred years ago who stuck his name on, well, he was famous for raising taxes. Right. In a very unfriendly kind of way.
1: But what's that got to do with outlines?
0: I have no idea how it got there, but the French adopted it, yeah, maybe there's a tax that is, now there's a tax you isn't, like one of the bushes saying, read my lips, there will be no more taxes, and lo and behold, there no were more taxes. How yes. curious. All right. Uh, silhouette. So, some of these uh, are, are really hard to find. Chauvinist, uh, a French man, Chauvin, who was very much pro-French and anti-everybody else. Okay. Um, Fallopian tubes, named after an Italian physician called Fallopio and Frangipani which grows in my garden, and was an Italian maker of gloves and perfumes,
1: which is rather nice. That is very dignified. Okay. 1300 612, the telephone number to have a word in Rolly's ear. My name's Carton. you're on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. If you love language, then let's hear your questions, comments, thoughts about language, eponyms or otherwise. Paul, you're in Burpengary. Uh, you have an observation about the way people use a couple of common words in conversation. Paul, go ahead. Hi. Yeah, yes. i uh, just listening to people all the time, and, and when you're in a conversation with them, they say yes, no, you know, and <laughs> yes. Um, they might be agreeing with you. Mm. And in actual fact, I think I heard um, Professor Rowley maybe say it last week when he was talking about
0: um, horse floats. I may have. Yes, so
1: yes. Oh, no, 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 I know where I get that from. I can't listen back, but I'm sure I heard it and I went, I'm going to ring about that. All right.
0: Before I forget, a horse float is an Australianism and no one knows quite how it became a float. It's called a horse box or a horse van in America and England and so on. Horse float is one of our specials. And why do they say yes, no? It's always in response to a question. You don't start off saying yes, no, at the beginning of a conversation, but when someone asks you a question and the brain hasn't quite caught up, and if you say no at the outset, that sounds a bit kind of of
1: slap down. Also, maybe you hold two thoughts in your head at the same time. It is possible. So it's a bit, well, yes to a bit of what you've said, but no to some of the other things that you've said, so it's a yes, no.
0: Certainly, but it can also be, I'm still trying to work out how I need to respond to that, and i need to say something so that i don't have silence which will indicate either that i'm bored or i'm turned off and so they say something and another word which occurs there very often is so mm. uh, and it doesn't it, it's just a placeholder mm. because in our culture we don't like silence and so <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a filler uh, to gain you some time while you actually work out what you ought to say. But again, it is only in response to a question. And yes. when it's said like that at the start, it doesn't necessarily mean either, yes, I agree or no, I don't. But it's be patient, thought is happening, speech will shortly arrive. You know. <laughs> Once the cogs
1: continue. Yes. Uh, Paul, thank you. Excellent observation. That's good. Good on you. Thank you. Paul at Berth and Gary. Geoffrey on the Gold Coast. Uh, G'day, Geoffrey. You've got an eponym to address. Yeah, Ah, great. Lord Sandwich.
0: Oh, yes, indeed. Um, Except that I'm afraid my Lord got some credit for something that he shouldn't have. (gasps) Because the story is that he was playing cards one day with some of his friends, and he decided that he wanted a quick snack of some kind, and he summoned the butler and said, go and bring me something appropriate to eat. And the butler went away and invented the thing, and I'm afraid my lord stuck his name on it and became the origin of sandwich.
1: Hmm.
0: How dare he. Okay. Rolly, there's another thing that annoys me is the way that people use nouns and adjectives for adverbs. Go on. Such as, I want to go quick instead Mm. of quickly. Oh, yes. This is is the adjective instead of the adverb. I'm afraid that the L-Y is under threat, and it began with the Americans. This is real interesting rather than really interesting. Um, Apple, I think, has, has think different, not think differently. Okay, mm. uh, And um, if you are driving up Highway 1, it might say drive safe rather than drive safely. So plain. Yeah, possibly they ran out of space for an ly. I I don't know. But you'd think they'd make a sign big enough to accommodate grammar. I'd hope so anyway. <laughs> but no, you're quite right. And uh, the L-Y, particularly in short expressions or with something with real, uh, thanks to the Americans, is, is definitely under threat. Mm. But so I think the longer the, ad, the adverb, the less likely the L-Y is to get off, to get left off. So I say indubitably... It would sound very strange to use an ad. Absolutely. (laughs) uh, Absolutely, yeah. Absolute is something different. Yes,
1: well done. Thank you, Jeffrey, on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. Look, Christopher at Trinity Beach, Raleigh, Mm -hmm. really wanted to phone Mm -hmm. but has had to decline simply because Christopher is not confident in the correct uh, pronunciation of the word uh, they're curious about. And I must admit, I'm not exactly confident either. But it's something along the lines of hippopotamustrosyquicapidaliophobia. I'm sure it probably would roll off your tongue. It's a very long word. And Chris just wonders if it's uh, a correct word, a real word, and can you say it, Rolly? No, well, I don't think it is. Hippopotamus... Is
0: from Greek hippos, meaning horse, and potomos, meaning river. So it's a river horse, alright? So hippopoto, and then there's, he's got monstro, which is monstrum, which is a monster, and that comes from Greek as well. And then sesquipedalia, and sesquipedalian means uh, multiple. F- syllables in a word, no long and, and heavy word and then phobia at the end which means you don't like it hmm. but that one is, uh, is been put together by lots of other words and I'm afraid I don't think it exists okay. um, there are other very long words the longest word in English I think is about 18,000 letters long it's the full name of a protein and uh, I think uh, the normal form is something like ketin and it's just wiser to use that
1: Blimey. Okay, thank you, Chris, and also on the text line, Chris, at Chapel Hill. Hello, writes Chris. Why is the B in lamb mm-hmm. not in ham, ram, jam, mm-hmm. etc. cetera, okay. et cetera? Right, sometimes
0: letters um, get, get added like debt. The D-E-T-T-E was a good old English word and it meant debt, but then they looked at the Latin word for debt, which was debitum, and they thought, wow, there has to be a B in there, we'll pop one in. So, what was a very good a good uh, English word uh, was bastardised with a letter that it didn't ever have anyway, and uh, I'm I'm afraid that that's the way way it happened. Um, lamb, it was originally pronounced. It comes from Old English lombe, all right, and it's uh, the b has got left out in modern German, which is lem l e double m. So it's one of these things where you've got two consonants together. It's hard to pronounce one of them, so you leave it out. So it's not psychology, but it's (laughs) psychology, and it's not a gnomie in your garden, but it's a gnome. These are all from Greek, and when we borrowed them from French, had already borrowed them, so we got them from French. The French are psychologie; they they have no trouble doing ps, but the poor old English couldn't do it, Hmm. just as in knight and no, I G H T. we couldn't say that so we leave out the first of the consonants and sometimes it's the first sometimes it's the last sometimes it's the first of two in the middle of a word like uh australia right we've had that one before uh, and there are quite a few where particularly at speed but sometimes in regular practice we can't do it so we leave it out
1: bingo professor Raleigh sussex on abc brisbane and queensland ken is in cairns hi hmm. ken what's your question
0: how you going, mate? Good, thank um, you. My question for Dr. Riley is, mm. I've seen quite often, not all time, but quite often, um, sick. Mm-hmm. SIC oh, brackets, yes, I see in brackets in a statement. So I just oh. wonder what the significance of that is. Okay, it means in Latin thus or this way. And it's used in English in a very, very special kind of context, which is, let's say you're quoting something and the person has actually misquoted or done something wrong and you want to... Give the quote, but indicate that you know that it's wrong. So you put usually a square bracket, S-I-C, other square bracket, and that means this is what that person said, but I know that it's wrong and I'm telling you so. Okay? And it's, it's a kind of I know better than you do thing, and it's used very much by academics when they're quoting other people who've made a mistake.
1: There you go. Thanks, Ken. Uh, Hugo at Kanamala. G'day, Hugo. What would you like to know? Good afternoon.
0: Mm. I'm, fasc- I'm fascinated by the way a word to jump from one language to another.
1: Mm.
0: A classic example is the, the, the name Lottie, which the Austrians have, and the British can't pronounce it without putting char in front of it. Uh, well, yeah, there, there are lots... Well, Lottie is, is a shortened version of Charlotte, right? The, which is the full version in German. But why do words jump from one language to another? Usually because... That Either the language has got something which we don't have in our language, and this happened a lot in English, so we borrowed words. um, For example, the the French crossed the Channel in 1066 and beat Harold at the Battle of Hastings, and within a couple of centuries we had 15,000 French words in English. Uh, And the the standard example is all of the animals, like ox and pig and sow and horse and so on, are Germanic. They're the old roots of English. But all the meat comes from French, Hmm. like mutton and beef and lamb and so on. And that means, not lamb, mutton and beef and pork. And uh, so you borrow something that you admire, that you think your language is lacking, And uh, 10% of modern Japanese vocabulary is taken from American English. And it's not just baseball and basketball and television, which is terebi in Japanese. Lots and lots of words. Um, And so when you get a a language which is a powerful language, an educated language, a technological language, there are a lot of Dutch words in in English, for example, for boats, because the Dutch in the 16th century were better than the bombs for a while at sailing around and doing successful things in ships.
1: Scott at Moggle. Hello, Scott. Uh, you've got a question about my favourite letter. Go ahead. Oh.
0: Something that drives me nuts is why is the G being replaced with the K? For oh, example, so, oh. something or everything is going, you know?
1: Yes. Because yeah. K is just a great letter, probably. Yeah. Some Like K for Catherine, Catherine with a K. Catherine with a K, of course. <laughs> right. Okay. Um,
0: something, some some, well, some think. Sometimes with an F rather than a TH. It's Cockney. It comes from the east end of London. It only occurs in our language in Australia in something and anything, right, and is non-standard and should never be said.
1: Nothing.
0: Ah, nothing. Oh, sorry, there's another one. Yeah, nothing. Uh, not, but not thing by itself, by the way, because think, of course, means something else. Hmm. So those, those three words have cut on the end, and it's borrowed, and it's, it's should we say, non-standard. Non-standard. Scott. Does that address your thank question? Thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Don't say it.
1: <laughs> very much. On ABC Brisbane and Queensland, we're approaching time for your last word. We're not quite there yet, Rolly, not and we quite. have been speaking about eponyms. I've got many more. I'm sure you do. May we have mm. a few, please? Well, Victoria and Queensland.
0: Right? Queen Victoria was actually asked whether she would like Queensland to be called Queensland or something else, and she said, no, Queensland will do very nicely. Cooktown, named after Captain Cook. Uh, and for that matter, Burke Town and lots of other places. Brisbane and Melbourne, named after very aristocratic gentlemen. America, named after Americo Vespucci. Uh, Bolivia, named after Simon Bolivar, who was a revolutionary who gave them their, their identity. Um, Casanova, uh, you no, know, he's a real Casanova, meaning a, a bit of a ladies' man. Uh, you mentioned Fahrenheit before. Freudian slip from Freud, the psychologist and psychiatrist. Um, a Jackie Howe, uh, named after a champion Queensland shearer. called. It's, it's now the name for a singlet, either dark blue or black, I think. Um, and also the name for a wife, Peter. Jackie Howe is rather nice than that. He once shore, I think it was 321 sheep in a day, with hand shears. Oof. And it was, took years for that to be to be to be beaten uh leotard invented by someone who was a an an acrobat and you know you wanted a one piece suit which was convenient for that kind of activity um newton's laws of motion pasteurization named after louis pasteur the 19th 19th century french chemist uh, who worked it worked it all out saxophone adolphe sax who invented it and i love this one sideburns do you know where they come from? Sideburns.
1: Mm. Sideburns is yes, an eponym.
0: It is. Where does it come from? Someone called Burnside. No <laughs> way.
1: Really, oh, truly. I like. That. I like he that. was an
0: American general in the Civil War, and he had a most tremendous set of whiskers. And for some reason, they flipped the bits around and turned it into sideburns rather than Burnside.
1: Well, we might have your word last.
0: i got two. Okay. I, I have to give you this one. Tourette's syndrome, mm-hmm. which is when you break uncontrollably into dirty words. Uh, Mozart might have had it, by the way. Named after, pause, Georges Albert-Édouard Brutus-Gilles de la Tourette. Quicker to say Tourette's syndrome, but the one I really love is Takotsubo cardiomyopathy.
1: Oh, I know someone was afflicted with that. Yes.
0: Right, here we go. Cardio, that's your heart. Yes. The MY bit is Greek for muscle mm. and opathy is something which is a, a, a medical condition. So something wrong with your heart muscle. And it so happens that if you have stress or unrequited love or something, the left ventricle of your heart, instead of being like a sausage, can, inv- it can have a sort of a, a narrowed bit like a jar. Now, cardio... No, takotsubo, you think, oh, yeah, there was a Japanese pho- physician. Wrong. Tako is the Japanese word for an octopus, and tsubo is the Japanese word for a pot. And the Japanese have a pot like this. They put some food in the bottom, the octopus goes in, can't get out, and they've caught dinner. And so it's an octopus pot cardiomyopathy, which takes some of the dignity out of it, but I think it makes it much more yeah, much more poetic for a start.
1: On ABC Radio Brisbane in Queensland, twenty minutes to three. I'm Cat Professor Raleigh Sussex, your lord of language. Thank you for our education and eponyms. May we have your last word?
0: That was it. Tacotsuba cardiomyopathy has to be
1: The, the last word Ryan. Thank you so much. A pleasure and a privilege, as ever, with Professor Rolly Sussex. If you would like more fun with words with Rolly, then do subscribe to Rolly's podcast. It's called A Word in Your Ear, and you can find it through the ABC Listen app. Rolly also joins you every Thursday afternoon, just after the 2 o'clock news, here on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more.